We meet today in Isaiah chapter 60 and 61. In these two chapters, we're looking at the Redeemer and the Gentiles who will come to Jerusalem, the return of Israel to Jerusalem, Jerusalem's realization of all of God's promises, distinction between the first and the second comings of Christ, delights of the millennium. In Isaiah chapter 6, we see the sun of righteousness rising upon Israel. It is that which Malachi said would come to pass in the last days. In that day, the nation Israel will reflect the glory light here upon the entire earth. Isaiah speaks of many future things as having already taken place. For example, he begins Isaiah chapter 6 with the words, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And you can understand that for God to say a thing is going to happen, he is already on the other side of it. For him, it is just the same as it's having taken place. In other words, prophecy is the mold into which history is poured. It should be emphasized that this and the succeeding chapters are addressed to Israel, not to the church. Failure to understand this has resulted in the teaching that Israel has forfeited her election and the promises of future blessing. It is not the case. Here now we talk about the Redeemer and the Gentiles who come to Jerusalem. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Isaiah 60 verse 1. Not that the command to arise is accompanied by the strength of the Lord to fulfill that directive. Having received the perfect light of the Lord, Israel is to shine, that is to radiate the light of salvation to the nations. Even in the midst of great darkness, the Lord will arise even as the sun comes up in Zion. For behold, The darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you Isaiah 60 verse 2 Remember my friend Jesus Christ is the light of the world and that was one of his claims when he was here on earth when he comes to the earth the second time he is that light Now coming to the light it is necessitated by the night Now coming to the light is necessitated by the night of spiritual darkness that has covered the earth and covers the earth today in spite of the preaching of the gospel for over 2000 years there is a wider circle of darkness today than ever before light must precede the future blessing The son of righteousness must rise with healing in his wings to bring the millennial day. The preaching of the gospel was never intended by God to bring in the millennium because it takes the light to bring the millennium. And who is that light? Jesus Christ is. We need the presence of the redeemer in Zion and he is going to bring the Gentiles from afar. The Gentiles shall come to your light 
and kings to the brightness of your rising. Isaiah 60 verse 3. I believe that the greatest revivals, that is the greatest turning to God, is yet in the future, not now. In Romans chapter 11 verse 15, Paul says, For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Yes, it will be the resurrection of the nation of Israel and the resurrection of the world as well. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Isaiah 60 verse 4 Now rebellious and scattered, they are going to come back to the land of promise. But this time when they will come, it will be in obedience. The women who were weaker than the men are carried like women in the east often carry their children on their hips. They will be brought in. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be tended to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Isaiah 60 verse 5 Here we see the tremendous movement of all the peoples of the world toward Jerusalem by land, by sea, and even by air, which will be actually an occasion of astonishment, great astonishment. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Apha, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense. They shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedah shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Nabaioth shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar. And I will glorify the house of my glory. Isaiah 60, verse 6 and verse 7. Again here, wise men, not only from the east, but from all over the world, will come with gifts of gold and incense for the Redeemer. So even when Jesus was born and the wise men brought their gifts, they also were prophesying what will happen when he comes to establish his kingdom. Flocks are brought to Jerusalem for sacrifices. The sacrifices will be instituted in the millennial temple. And these sacrifices, I believe, will point back to the death of Christ in the Old Testament. As in the Old Testament, they pointed forward to his death. They will have the same meaning. I also want you to note that Kedah and Nebaioth are the sons of Ishmael according to Genesis chapter 25 verse 13. This too is a reference to the conversion of the Arab tribes and their reconciliation to Israel. That's what will happen in that future kingdom. What we see today is not that reconciliation at all. Now we move on to the return of Israel to Jerusalem. Again, that will be a future. The present return is not exactly what this prophecy talk about. Who are these who fly like a cloud, like doves to their roosts? 
Surely the coastlands shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, to the name of the Lord your God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. Isaiah 60 verse 8 and verse 9. And very interesting here, verse 8 talks of those who fly like a cloud. I would look at that even though at Isaiah's time there were no plans. The word of God revealed to the man of God that people will fly into that land. And of course, ships were there. And you can, you can now talk of the automobiles that are there today. Tashish is used here evidently to refer to all sea-going nations whose ships will be used to return Israel to the land of promise. The nations who once destroyed Israel will assist in her recovery. At that time, Russia will send back the Jews to their land. Instead of demanding payment, they will send the Jews off with gifts as the Egyptians did. After all, Israel only collected their back pay from the Egyptians, and they had a great deal coming back as they had been in slavery for 400 years. Therefore, your gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day or night. That man may bring you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. Isaiah 60 Verse 11. It is very interesting that today Israel is heavily guarded, but when the Prince of Peace is reigning, there will be no need for thorough searches at all the ports, all the entry ports, at airports, at all the borders, and the walls that are being built will not be necessary. The nations of the world that are saved are going to come to Jerusalem in the millennium. For the nation and the kingdom which will not serve you shall perish, and those nations shall be utterly ruined. Isaiah 60 verse 12. The Lord Jesus made it very clear that his judgment upon the nations would be based on their treatment of the Jews. According to Matthew 25 verse 31 to verse 46. So we must be careful how we deal with Israel. In the millennium, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. In the millennium, all many kind will be forced to bow down to Jesus. The force, of course, will be the force of public opinion in that day. In their hearts, there will be those who won't want to bow, but they will go through the motions anyway. Then when Satan is released at the end of the millennium, those with rebellious hearts will naturally gravitate toward him, which will be the last rebellion. Then the eternal aspect of the kingdom will be introduced. God is going to make all things new. He is not going to retool the old nature, no. He is going to give me a new nature. And he is going to give me a new nature and to everyone who has trusted in him. That is the glorious, wonderful day that we anticipate. Jerusalem's realization of all of God's promises is also foretold 
by Isaiah. Whereas you have been forsaken and hurted, so that no one went through you, I will make you an eternal excellency, a joy of many generations. You shall drink the milk of the Gentiles and milk the breasts of kings. You shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stones, iron. I will also make your officers peace and your magistrates righteousness. Isaiah 60, verse 15 to verse 17. As Isaiah said in chapter 2, Jerusalem will become the center of the earth. The riches of Jerusalem, which were taken away by the nations, will be restored with interest. Very interesting to see. The markets of Egypt and Lebanon sell many brass objects today, but in that future day, they will be replaced by silver and gold objects for sale. In other words, Precious metals will become such commonplace again. Now notice some other wonderful things which will take place in the millennial kingdom. What a beautiful picture of it. The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you, but the Lord will be to you an everlasting light, and your God your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your mourning shall be ended. Isaiah 60 verse 19 and verse 20. Jesus, the light of the world, will be there. He is also the light of the new Jerusalem. The universe no longer will need street lights on the corners. After all, the suns and the stars are street lights out in space. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Isaiah 60, verse 22. In other words, here human strength will be increased in that day without resorting to vitamins for strength. or glucose, no. That's a beautiful day to anticipate. Now Isaiah chapter 61 is of peculiar interest in view of the fact that the Lord Jesus opened his public ministry in Nazareth by quoting from it. This chapter continues the full blessings of the millennium with Israel as the center of all earthly benefits. The last section projects us into the total benefits of the millennium. So, we talk about the distinction between the first and the second comings of Christ. Here in the first three verses of Isaiah chapter 61, we have one of the most remarkable passages of scripture, and it helps us to correctly interpret the Bible. Israel as a whole was to bring God's light to those living in spiritual darkness and moral bondage, namely the Gentiles. Listen to Isaiah 61 verse 1 to verse 3. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me 
to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amazing scripture. Now, though these words are the words spoken by God's servant, Isaiah, the words actually take on greater meaning when we look at them in the fact that Jesus read from this section during his visit to the synagogue in Nazareth, and he closes his reading with the statement, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. We get that from Luke chapter 4 verse 21. Thus, we see that Jesus applies these verses to himself. These verses describe the character and office of the Messiah. The reference to liberty and the opening of the prison allude to the year of Jubilee, during which all debts and obligations were erased. Uh, Leviticus 25 verse 8 and verse 9. The expression beautiful ashes is quite meaningful. Jewish mourning included wearing of sackcloth, that is, coarse and drab clothing, and spreading dust and ashes upon one's head. On the other hand, a happy occasion called forth splendid and colorful garments and the pouring of expensive and fragrant ointment upon the head. Mourning can be replaced with joy, and the spirit of heaviness can be cast aside for an eternal garment of praise. And all of these things are realized in Christ, even when he came to announce the news of salvation, the year of Jubilee. But even in that day in the great millennium, it will be fully realized. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities the desolations of many generations. Isaiah 61, verse 4. The land of Israel has yet to receive that first lift which will restore its Edenic beauty, the beauty that was apparent in Eden. The first lift that this verse is talking about will take place at the beginning of the millennium. And we are not at that place in this time right now. It is still future. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory you shall boast. Isaiah 61 verse 6. The thought here is that Israel will share her spiritual wealth with the nations and in exchange will participate in everything which is great and noble among the nations. Everlasting joy shall be Israel's portion. It will be fullness of joy, and what a great day that will be. For I, the Lord, 
love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offerings. I will direct their work in truth. I will make with them an everlasting covenant. Isaiah 61 verse 8. You see, their lives then will adorn their religious ritual. We have looked at several passages which spoke of the fact that Israel went through all the rituals, but God condemned her for it because her heart was not in it. Things will be changed in that future day. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. Isaiah 61 verse 9 My friend, anti-Semitism will end and pro-Semitism will begin because they are genuine witnesses for God. Because of that, there is delight in the millennium. The delights of the millennium are set forth before us now. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. Isaiah 61 verse 10 Israel is going to have fun then. I wish that in our day more Christians had fun going to the church. But in that day Israel will rejoice greatly in the presence of the Lord. The problem in our day is that many Christians can't rejoice in the Lord because they are out of fellowship with him. They have sin in their lives and they are out of the way and the will of God and they are going on in self-will. Thus there is no joy. In that day, Israel will rejoice because their relationship with God will be firmly established. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Isaiah 61 Verse 11. <laughs> it is clear here, not only will there be material benefits and physical improvements, but the true blessings will be spiritual in that day. There will be a great turning to the Lord, and the blessings of God spiritually will be experienced. For all his suffering, Israel is promised a double blessing from God. Thus, God reaffirms his everlasting covenant with them. This chapter, Isaiah 61, concludes with a song of praise to the Lord. The garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness are synonymous and they refer to salvation itself. Again, that's a great anticipation put before us. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. 
It's The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.